welcome to the podcast series, Abide With Me. My name is Talene Saunders, your host for this three-part informational series on death and dying. The goal of this series is to help prepare for end of life. In the book, A Beginner's Guide to the End, authors B.J. Miller and Shoshana Berger point out that only a small fraction of us, 10 to 20 percent, will die without warning. The rest of us will have time to get to know what's going to end our lives. As disturbing as this may be, it does afford us time to live with this knowledge, get used to it, and respond. Death can be a heavy topic, and I encourage you to take a break if you become overwhelmed. Similarly, if you are having thoughts of suicide, there is help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. In this first episode, I speak with Jeannie McGill, on the topic of funeral planning. Jeannie describes herself as having a type E personality, as an educator and entertainer. Her love of life itself motivates her to live life to the fullest each day. Her passion is evident in her work as a hospice volunteer, certified senior advisor, and certified pre-planning consultant. With her company, Midwest funeral pre-planning consultants, she has helped thousands plan ahead and think outside the box as they move forward with funeral preparations. Thank you so much for being here on our podcast. It's nice to have you. Oh, thank you. I like to start out by just asking one simple question. Jeannie, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, what a great question. Um, I want to be remembered that I loved God. I brought a smile to people's faces. They'll have a moment when somebody says my name, they'll just smile because we had a great conversation. We touched hearts and our lives touched. It sounds like your faith is very important in reaching out to other people. It is, yes. So you're, you're a perfect person to be here today because that's what we're doing is reaching out to other people. And you are a certified pre-planning consultant. What is that? It comes from the National Funeral Directors Association. And every funeral home has what we call a pre-need department where somebody either it can be a licensed funeral director. Now, I am not a licensed funeral director, but when I went to college, this wasn't what I majored in. So it's a... Uh, certification where there's a lot of extra training and about death and dying, about grief, about it's just a very well-rounded program. And then it's certifications every year. So it's ongoing education. Why do people need a certified pre-planning consultant? I always tell people you ought to try being me at a party. What do you do? Funeral (laughs) pre-planning. Oh, who invited you? Because this is a subject that most people have very little education or information on, and nobody ever thinks about death, especially when you're young. And unless you've had somebody die, 
you know, it's just not part of what we ever uh, talk about or think about. And there's no real classes that are taught on it, on how to do all this stuff, unless you're geared towards it. If you have a family member who's in hospice and is dying, um, then, you know, we're learning all the time. But, but, and what's interesting is the majority of people that die, say in a month, are all going about their daily lives. And all of a sudden, death occurs. That's why we need education to know what to do. And there's so many legal choices and decisions that have to be made when somebody dies that people have no idea. Uh, in Minnesota, it's a state law that says something must be done with a body before 72 hours. So that body either needs to be embalmed or cremated. That doesn't give you a lot of time to think or process through somebody's death. Exactly. So what are the benefits of pre-planning? What's the biggest obstacle that stands in the way? Why don't people pre-plan their funeral? Because, number one, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they need. They don't know what's available. Uh, is the funeral for the person who died, or is it for those who are still living? Some people say, absolutely not. I don't want you viewing my body. And other people say, well, I need to say goodbye. So where do you find that balance? And we live in a society now where everybody wants to hurry it up and get it over with. Well, we don't need a funeral. We don't need anything. Mom was here and then she's gone. Now she's gone. No big deal. But it is a big deal. And there's no do-overs at funerals. Mm -hmm. You know, if we forgot to do something. And it's there's an incredible amount of stress because of the decision-making. But the biggest thing is the one thing I've learned about death after 24 years is that we think we're going to be prepared for it, but the truth is we never know how we're going to respond because it depends on how the person died, if we got to say goodbye, if we had any problems with them. Maybe the last thing we said to them was an unkind word, and then all of a sudden they're gone forever. Right. And so it becomes like a shipwreck in our mind, and there can be grief that enters in, there can be um, denial, you know, no, this mom did, didn't die, no, it can't be true. And so there's so many things that have to be decided when we're in that shipwreck thinking, and that's what makes it difficult. So let's start at the beginning. Let's say my loved one dies. What do I need to have in place? There are two things that we do in funeral service. One is prearrangement, and the other is prepayment. Every person should be prearranged. And what we mean by that is you actually create a file, and in that file it is the funeral home that takes down the death certificate that files uh, that at the time of death. There's a good 20 questions in there. Mother's maiden name, father's name, date of birth, all of that. And sometimes you can't remember those things at the time of death. And then you can go through and just write down what it is that you want. And what's interesting about death is that everybody has a belief system about it. There's no right or wrong. And that belief system could come from experiences. It could come from church. It could come from many different things. What your belief system may be is different than mine. 
The one I get a kick out of is the people who say to me, I can't be cremated because it's too hot and I can't be buried because I'm claustrophobic. Right. We have to dig a little deeper and ask a few more questions. Is it a fear? Is it a, is it a lack of education, you know, to help them feel more comfortable? And so you create this file and you write down what it is that you want. Well, I want to be cremated at the crack of dawn and have a service at Lake Minnetonka. Or no, I I really want to have a service at my church. I want to follow the traditions and the customs there. You can have all of that written down. So if for some reason you don't wake up tomorrow, it has, you have a file, it has the name of the funeral home or cremation society, and it has all the instructions on who to call and what to do. And a pre-planning consultant can help you with that. Yes. Like I said, every funeral home has a pre-planning department or someone like myself is what's called an independent, meaning that I don't work for any funeral home, but I work with them. If you go into a funeral home, they're not going to tell you what anybody else's prices are, you know, because they want you to come to their funeral home. What an independence motive is, I always tell people, it doesn't matter to me what you want or which funeral home you choose. My passion is in the education. I want you to get enough education that you can make a good decision. The other benefit of pre-planning is a lot of people feel that funerals are really expensive. Well, what makes them expensive is we do no planning and we drop dead. There's no map on where to go or what to do. So to give you an example, a simple cremation can range in price, Minneapolis-St. Paul, from $750 to $5,500 for the exact same service. How does somebody know which funeral home to choose then? Well, years ago, people chose funeral homes because generations were buried out of them. You know, parents and grandparents. Nowadays, though, it's really about location and price. Um, And we're seeing lots of changes now. Uh, There are some, like a lot of people don't know the difference between a funeral home and a cremation society. And what is the difference? In the state of Minnesota, you have to be a licensed funeral director in order to run a cremation society or a funeral home. All cremations are done the same way in every funeral home. So why does the price differ? Because every funeral home is allowed to charge whatever it is that they want to, but by law, they have to have a price sheet. So if you go into XYZ Funeral Home and they'll tell you what this price is, then you could go to a cremation society and they can tell you what this price is. So everybody is competing for what I call your dying dollar. Because there's no real loyalty as there was years ago because family members aren't using the same funeral home. People are very price conscious. And so I encourage people to shop around and find out what the difference is. Some people say, well, we offer this, this, and this. So the competition really benefits the consumer if the consumer knows what they are doing. 
Yeah, and that's the challenging part because unless you ever worked in funeral service, you don't know how to compare prices. Uh, By law, every funeral home has to have a price sheet, but the way the Federal Trade Commission mandates that they be written, uh, consumers don't even know how to read that. So nowadays, you can either go from funeral home to funeral home and get an estimate of cost, which is a good idea because you get the feel of a different funeral home and see how uh, you're treated and things, or you can come to an independent. And again, an independent is a person who usually has between you know, 20 to 30 years experience, they don't work for any funeral home, but they work with them. And it's all about the education. Good. So an independent funeral planner is kind of like an independent wedding planner. Oh, exactly. And there's so many parallels between the 65 decisions that have to be made when somebody dies. Uh, Imagine, you know, your daughter comes home and she's all excited. She said, I met the man of my dreams. Uh, We're going to get married. Wonderful. When's the wedding? Three days. I mean, we would never think of trying to pull off a wedding in three days. I mean, we women wouldn't even have time to lose weight and buy a dress and everything else. But it's the same amount of decisions. And the thing about a funeral is the emotional state that you're in. You know, you're in this shipwreck of, wow, I didn't know you were going to die. If I had known you are going to die, I would have been nicer to you or I'd have spent more time with you and now you died and I feel guilty and I don't understand processes. We never had any conversations because you weren't supposed to die. And now I've got all these decisions and I'm very overwhelmed. Talk to me a little bit about the culture of funeral directors and funeral homes. When I've been to funerals in the past, they're always very well dressed up, the black suits. Well, first of all, I do have that most respect for funeral directors. After 23 years of watching them, and I mean, look what they work with every day, Mm. uh, stress and grief and Um, you know, and when I have seen a body at the time of death and when that body is presented, you know, to the family, I mean, they are artists Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of respect for what it is that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, you know, just like it's a job that a lot of people wouldn't want, uh, but they're very traditional controlled environment because you have to, because you're responsible for so many details. Uh, They have a process for how everything is always done. Your motto is a funeral is not a day in a lifetime, but a lifetime in a day. Yeah, and that's really what we do. Here we've known this person all our lives. We've spent our lives with them, and all of a sudden they're gone. And then uh, you know, it's like we, we spend one day, if even that, nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, get with the program, Jeannie. We don't need to do anything anymore about funerals. They're here and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't remember who quoted it, but they said you can tell which way a society is headed by how they treat their dead. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the place where, you know, human life isn't valuable anymore and nobody cares about anybody— And uh, there is a misconception that the funeral home is going to take care of mom from beginning to end. In other words, they take care of the ashes, they do everything. No, that's the legal next of kin's responsibility of what to do. The funeral home can facilitate, Mm -hmm. 
You know, funeral homes are designed to provide a service at a time of need. Mm-hmm. So again, that's why we got to know what it is that we want, hopefully, before we go in. I've seen funeral directors have to dismiss a family because they couldn't make any decisions and say, come back, you know, after you've had some some other times to talk or here's what's available, you know, you'll have to talk a little bit more. Right. So those you know? decisions are easier made before the before the death occurs. Oh, mo- I always tell people all your family or next of kin want to know is what do you want? Don't make me agonize. Don't make me second guess. And for sure, don't put me in a position where I've got to make decisions where you and I have never had a conversation, mm-hmm. whether it's death, whether it's a health care directive. And that's why planning ahead is such a wonderful gift. Uh, you know, as we talked about, I could never say what a prepaid burial uh, or planning ahead felt like until my mother died. I was with her the last month. We kind of had a home funeral, held her hand while she took her last breath. You know, the family was all there. We called the funeral home and they came and picked her up and we went in and the funeral director said, you know, mom's picked out everything. Uh, Everything is paid for. What day would you like the service on? Right. And as an adult daughter, I still look for the words to describe what that felt to me. Because it was like you're hurting because that was mom, you loved her dearly. But it's such a kindness because what you feel is even though she's gone, she's still taking care of us. And that's really what our families are asking of us. You know, just tell me what you want. Right. So have something in your discussion where you talk about your favorite psalm or your favorite Bible verse or your favorite poem or your favorite hymn or your favorite music. Just let it be out there so your family knows. Yes. That's why when we create the files in the pre-planning, you get to keep that file. You have a file in the funeral home that you go to or cremation society. I set up a file there. And then in that file is everything that you want. And then maybe you can add on to it. Maybe you go to a funeral and you see something that's done and you thought, you know what, I want that at my funeral. Then you can go home and record that and have that be there. And I encourage people to write their obituaries ahead of time. I'll help them do it. Okay, what makes a good obituary? Obituaries, some people look at them as a statement. Others look at them as a way to express what was really important to them in life. That's why if your kids write your obituary, say, you know, what really drove you in life was your uh, working with young children. Well, your kids knew that, but maybe they didn't know that that was your real heart. Mm -hmm. And so you have an opportunity to express that. Okay, let's get back to some more logistics here. Arrangements must be made to pay for what immediately? Well, this is the shocker for most people. If a death occurs, unfortunately, the thing that you're going to need to think about is, how am I going to pay for this? If you have life insurance, now when you call a funeral home uh, to report a death and to have them come pick up a body, you have to ask them, what is your payment policy? Because if what you have is life insurance and that's how you thought you were going to pay it, 
um, you have to ask them how they process it because everybody does it differently. Mm -hmm. Some people will say, well, it's going to take four to six weeks to get a death certificate. We'll hold off on our cost. But if you're going to have a service at a church, you have to have a minimum of around $1,000 in cash to pay for all of the incidentals. Um, and so, unfortunately, payment is a big option. And some people say, well, that's really unfair that we have to pay. Right. So what are the incidentals? Well, the incidentals are um, you're going to have to pay for the services from the funeral home, merchandise, if you uh, want a casket, if you want uh, an urn, those types of things. And then there's what we call cash advance items. If you're going to be buried in a cemetery, those have stipends. The pastor has a stipend. Um, musicians and vocalists, obituary, flowers, luncheon, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a prearrangement or a prepayment, then they basically hand you envelopes and you've got to write out checks. And it's not the person who died that has to pay for it. It's the family members, the siblings that are under stress, that are grieving. Correct. And it could be a good month for them or it could be not so good. So they've got to all of a sudden pay this. Right. And the one thing that people don't realize is when you go into a funeral home, they're going to write up at the time of death, they're going to write up what's called a statement of funeral goods and services. And they're going to say, now, before we can do these services, we need a signature. So usually it's the oldest child that they know that they're the brightest in the family that says, <laughs> oh, I'll go ahead and sign. So he goes ahead and signs it, not realizing what did he just do. Mm -hmm. Well, he not only signed that he's going to make all final decisions, but he signed that he's responsible for the funeral bill. If that funeral bill doesn't get paid, they're not going to come, you know, for anybody else but him. So if mom dies and five kids are going to split the cost of mom's funeral, all five of those kids' names should be on that contract. Right. You know, and a lot of people don't don't realize that. Right. And, and the biggest reason, again, for pre-planning is I know all the rest of you people's kids are all perfect. <laughs> but <laughs> what it does, death sometimes brings out the worst in right. people. It does. And so you have uh, adult kids not speaking to other to each other for years. Well, if you hadn't made that decision on the casket and made me pay for it, I'd be much further ahead by now. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do by planning ahead is by you and I picking out our urn or our casket or whatever, you alleviate those burdens of guilt. Right. And I will tell you this in my years, if there has been problems emotionally uh, in a family among siblings or anything else, when mom and dad die, especially when the last spouse dies of mm -hmm. the parents, um, it can really get ugly. Mm -hmm. And you hope that it doesn't go that way, but sometimes it does. Yeah, that's you know? unfortunate. Yep. Um, the best thing to do then is to alleviate that by pre-planning. Yeah. Yep. So Jeannie, what's the difference between pre-arrangement and pre-payment? Okay, those are the good question. Those are the two steps that we uh, do in funeral service. Everybody should be prearranged because we're all going to die at some point in time. The problem that we have is we don't know when or how. In fact, if I were to give you an envelope today that had the date and time that you were going to die, would mm -hmm. you open it? 
Uh, no, I wouldn't, but maybe some people would. <laughs> this one man says, well, yes, I would open it. And he said, because if it's going to be today, I've got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> but that's the challenge that we have. People most of the time die when they're in the middle of life. You know, they're in the middle of uh, remodeling the bathroom. They're on vacation. I mean, people, if you looked at the deaths in a funeral home in a month, you'd be surprised how quickly people died. And they never intended to die on that day. And uh, so that's what catches us, you know, unaware. So in the pre-planning, it's basically... Uh, setting up a file. It is the funeral home that takes down the information for the death certificate. So uh, we write all that down and then we talk about what it is you want. So pre-planning is just one step. If that's all people want to do, that is a huge gift in itself. Minnesota does have specific laws as to what constitutes a properly structured burial account. And this is where a lot of adult children who are helping their parents or a lot of seniors miss it. And the the greatest challenge we have as seniors is our health. And if we get sick and we run out of money paying for our care, if you have a life insurance policy through a spend-down process, that's when you run out of the money and you apply to the state to help you take care of you, um, then you apply for medical assistance. Well, that life insurance policy is then considered an asset and the state will make you cash it in. So what you thought you were going to pay for your funeral isn't going to work for you anymore. Mm-hmm. So there is a specific vehicle that is used Uh, to prepay. It's against the law to pay the funeral home your money while you're still living. Like if you walked into a funeral home today and said, I want to prepay my funeral, you can't just give them the money and then they can use it as part of their operating expenses. Because then you got to hope that they're around when you die. Okay. So what do you do? Well, Minnesota said, no, we're not going to go that route. Because in some states you can do that. Okay. Because funeral homes are either Uh, run by private families or by large corporations. And that means that they could go out of business. So the vehicle that is most widely used is called an irrevocable insurance policy trust that in order to be properly structured to protect it from medical assistance, you have to have an itemized statement from a funeral home saying, if you were to die today, Mm -hmm. this is the amount of the money. You put the money into the policy so the funeral home can't touch it. It's irrevocably assigned, which means that you have, because it's an insurance product, we then enter insurance laws. So you have your free look period. But then what irrevocable means is that you cannot touch it for any reason. It's specifically for funeral expenses only. I always tell people, if you give me this money now, three months from now, you can't pull it out and go buy a boat. You know, right. this is strictly for burial. Right. And it's the irrevocable assignment that protects it from your being ill or from being sick. And the beneficiary, according to Minnesota law, has to read irrevocable to any funeral home. And so that means it's portable. So if you put in money here and you get tired of our winters and you move to Florida, yes. it's good at any funeral home in the United States. Good. That's what a lot of people like about the prepayment aspect. So let's get back to some other logistics. If I die and I'm in a casket, I I understand that you're put into a cemetery. I understand that. I've seen that. It's very traditional. Mm -hmm. But let's say I'm cremated 
What are my options there? Oh, lots. You can be made into fireworks. You can uh, take the ashes and go to the moon. You can be put in places under the sea. With cremation, there are a lot more options that are available. I had one woman who she was going to be cremated. I was working on her prearrangements, and I always do a thorough job. So I say, what is it that you're going to do with the cremated remains? Mm -hmm. And her face lit up. She goes, oh, my husband's going to put them in a can of paint, and he's going to paint the bedroom ceiling. And I'm thinking... I don't know that you can do that. Let's call a funeral director. Yeah. So we called and he said, well, yes, you can do that, but it's going to change the consistency of the paint. You can spread ashes. In some places, you have to have a permit. How the state of Minnesota looks at spreading ashes is littering. And in some places, you will receive a fine. So what happens if I have an urn and I just throw it into Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> you don't want to do that. Uh, if you want to take the ashes out of the urn and you want to go out 30 feet and then spread the ashes in the water, that's fine. But if you throw that urn into the lake, it's going to wash up on shore. Somebody's going to pick it up. They're going to take it to the police department. The police department are going to call the Minnesota Department of Health. They're going to open it up. And guess what? They know who's in there. And so if Betty is in, if, if it's Betty's ashes, mm -hmm. then they're going to call the funeral home that Betty was cremated at, find out who the informant is or was, and say, can you please come pick up mom? We found her in the lake. Okay, let's try to avoid that. That's, <laughs> yes. not, that's not pleasant at all. <laughs> so that's why you don't want to do that. Right. Thank you so much, Jeannie. How do people get in touch with you if they are looking for a certified pre-planning consultant? I do have a website, www.preplanningconsultants.com, or they can Google Midwest Funeral Preplanning, or just Google Jeannie McGill, J-E-A-N-N-E-M-C, capital G-I-L-L, and my website will come up and there's all the information on there. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you sharing everything that you've learned. This podcast is a ministry of Augustana Lutheran Church in West St. Paul, Minnesota. They can be found online at augustana.com. A special thank you to my friend, Paul D'Amico Carper, who played the hymn at just the right tempo. This podcast was recorded and edited by Marshall Saunders at the studios of Minnesota Podcasting. They can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. Thank you.